When I grow up, I want to work for a woke company. Like super woke. When I grow up, when I grow up, I want to be hired based on what I look like rather than my skills. I want to be judged by my political beliefs. I want to get promoted based on my chromosomes. When I grow up, I want to be offended by my coworkers and walk around the office on eggshells and have my words policed by HR. Words like grandfather, peanut gallery, long time no see, no can do. When I grow up, I want to be obsessed with emotional safety and do workplace sensitivity training all day long. When I grow up, I want to climb the corporate ladder just by following the crowd. I want to be a conformist. I want to weaponize my pronouns. What are pronouns? It's time to grow up and get back to work. Introducing the number one woke-free job board in America, redballoon.work. Hey everybody, it's Michael Thiessen here. Welcome, and you are listening to Open Mic with Michael Thiessen. This show is produced by Liberty Coalition Canada in partnership with ChristianWeek.org. Liberty Coalition Canada exists to establish Christ's justice and righteousness, help people understand what that means, and to defend those who stand. And so you know that we're involved in a number of legal cases. Today on the show, we're going to have our chief litigator, James Kitchen, with us. But before we get to that, let me tell you about two events uh, coming up on Monday, October 23rd at Trinity Bible Chapel in Waterloo. Uh, we are going to be hosting uh, Liberty Coalition Canada Podcasts Live. We're really excited to be able to host these events. You can see on there myself, Tim Tyso, Matthew Halleck, and Andrew DiBartolo uh, are all going to be podcasting live in front of you. Uh, the event is going to go from 7.30 to 9.30. It's going to be a great experience. $25 a person to come and enjoy that evening. The reason why we're charging is to just cover the costs for everybody to get into that central location. And then the night is really about a fundraiser for our legal cases. So that's Monday, October 23rd at 7.30 p.m. The very next night, uh, just going about an hour and a half away, Tuesday, October 24th, we're going to be at Trinity Baptist Church in Burlington. So for those of you who are closer to the GTA, doing virtually the same thing. Monday is going to be Liberty Dispatch Live uh, with all of the guys, and Tuesday is going to be um, the, the Liberty Lounge with one of Tim's famous monologues, but again, all four of us live. We really want you to come to these two events. Please sign up. We've got another event in South Carolina on October 31st through to November 1st. That is the Spark Leadership Conference, and we'd love for you Canadians to come down and enjoy the weather in South Carolina at that time, or for our American listeners as of course our American listenership is growing because we tackle issues on both sides of the border, we'd love to see you come out as well. So with all of those events out of the way, we want you to come and attend them. Today I get to speak with an old friend of mine, uh, our great James Kitchen, who is our chief litigator for Liberty Coalition Canada. Uh, James, of course, partners with us to defend those who stand. James, it's great to have you on the show today. It's good to be here again. It's been too long. Well, it's not because I haven't invited you. This is because you've been abducted 
in some UN truck. Everybody, James is somewhere. We think he's in Africa. He's in the back of a Toyota uh, Highlander. You can see by him, he's been shoved into the back seat. We don't know what's been going on with him, but he's podcasting out of the back of a UN vehicle unmarked. Maybe uh, we're going to have to start a show called Where in the World is James Kitchen right now? Um, and before we get started, in we got some real substance for everybody, but I'm still in a fun mood usually when I, when you come on, James. Don't you love that red balloon ad? <laughs> Cracks me up every time. I know. I saw you laughing while it was while while it was playing, and that's what people have to go to work and 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 have to manage now. So look, if you're sick of that, Christian, which by the way we're going to be talking about that, we've got to start thinking about other alternatives. You know, uh, James, we're talking about uh, the, the 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 school system right now. That's what we're we're going to be talking about. Some of our legal cases in in that. Man Alive, has the Canadian news cycle been fixated on the school system versus parents? And you have teachers union after teachers union basically saying, we stand with the students, we want to groom in private, and we stand against the parents and any politician who would want to have parents guide uh, these students through any type of uh, worldview shaping. So I, I know that the boys over at Dispatch did a whole show on this recently. Tim and I at the other club did a whole show on this. This is a major issue right now. And of course, this is what we're talking about. Josh Alexander and his court case out um, in, in, a, in the Renfrew School Board where Josh is making basic biblical and common sense scientific claims that there are only two genders, and he's having an uphill battle. We've actually had to legally represent him. So, James, you've got some updates for the cases. I know we've got three updates to tell people. Why don't you give them a quick summary of the three things we're going to talk about, and then let's dig into the first one uh, a little deeper. Okay, so <clears throat> first one is um, Josh Alexander tried to appeal his suspensions and exclusions from the 2022-2023 school year. These all happened in December, January, February. Well, what happened is the school board said, we don't think, Josh, that you have standing to do this, okay? Because, you know, if you're, uh, you know, you need, you need to do it through your parents. And he said, no, I don't want to do it through my parents, you know? I'm a big boy. Um, I, I, I decided on my own to do this. My parents didn't know me to do this. I want to take responsibility for it. And I want to appeal this on my own. I've hired a lawyer. Let's go. And the school board said, no, 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 no. You got to You got to involve your parents. <clears throat> and of course, that's not what the law says, but that's sort of what their policy said. So they said, we don't care about the law. This is our policy. And if you don't like it, take a hike. And so I said to the school board, can't do that. It's not the law. And they said, too bad. So we had to go to court. And this has been many, many months in the making. We're now into September. We, we went to court over this um, originally in April, um, but it took this long to get a decision. In any event, we won. And uh, so that's, that's a big victory. It's a good announcement. And it most importantly means we get to go with those appeals now. They can't be delayed or avoided any longer by the school board. Um, <clears throat> incidental to that, uh, because we won at court, and this is how this works, uh, the school board has to pay us um, $5,000 in costs, right? Because obviously we, you know, we won, we, 
Liberty Coalition Canada had to pay me money to, money to run that case. And that's how it's supposed to work. You go to court and you win, uh, you get money back. Uh, and part of the reason for that is to discourage people from doing, you know, frivolous things like what the school board has done here by saying, oh, you're going to have to go to court because, you know, we don't want to do this. <clears throat> and the last big thing is the fact that just a couple of days ago, the school board has told Josh that that it will agree to re-enroll him, but it will continue to exclude him, which like last year, because of his religious beliefs, right, his Christian beliefs about sex and gender, basic common sense stuff, penises don't go into girls' washrooms, very basic, you know, biblical stuff. Um, because of that, the Catholic, ironically, Catholic Renfrew School Board said, you can't be here. You're not allowed to be in this school, right? We're, we're going to physically segregate you because we don't like your beliefs, even though ostensibly they're the same as ours. And uh, so, so they excluded him. That's what it means. Literally, the exclusion means you're physically excluded. And um, so that's what they said this time. They said, yeah, we'll re-enroll you. You can, you can sort of go to school, um, but not with everybody else. You have to be physically segregated. You have to be separate from everybody else because you're not as good as them, because you have beliefs that we don't like. And so he's going to reject that. Obviously, we're not going to agree to that. But that, that, that's a brand new decision. That's a brand new announcement that just happened a couple of days ago. So we're obviously going to appeal that exclusion as well with all the other appeals. And that's an overview of where we're at. Okay, so I want to dig into this, James, on, on issue number one. And so issue number one is this really important victory. You know, some I, I think, James, you're involved in so many different court cases. We've got we're, we're at so many different spots. But this is a major victory for us. Yes, it is major too much of a big word, but I do want to pause and celebrate. Like this is good work. Uh, this is this is this has been costly work, but this is the first step to being able to defend Josh. And of course, um, as an outsider, who you know, as an observer, you can you can see why Josh would want to do this on his own because so many people who would be affiliated with Josh have been uh, personally attacked. And so Josh is trying to stand on his own two feet as a young man. And, and so this was a strategy to silence him and also to drag family members into something that, that, that Josh felt strong enough to do on his own. Mm -hmm. So this is a victory how how does this how did this victory transpire maybe james can you tell us a little bit about what um what points you argued can you can you tell us can you address the law you said you know the the school board's um behavior was not lawful it was their policy but it wasn't lawful maybe you could explain that to our listeners a little bit sure well whether you like the law or not the law in ontario is that if you are 16 years of age or older Okay, you can go to court and say, look, I want a declaration that recognizes that I am no longer under the control of my parents. Um, I, I act for myself. I'm, I, I speak for myself. Uh, I'm responsible for my choices. Um, and, you know, every, everybody should be dealing directly with me and not, you know, with me through my parents. Right. And um, again, maybe that's good. Maybe that's bad. But that's that's the law. Okay. And so, you know, Josh and I were aware of this. And so that's, we said to the school board, we said, look, 
Um, Josh is, is one of these exceptional teenagers that at the age of 16, he was 16 at the time, he's now 17, um, he, he really is very, very mature. He really is running his own life, right? He, he makes his own choices about school, about his job, about, about the income from his job, about what he does with his political activities, his traveling, his speaking engagements, all the rest of it, right? He's a very exceptional, um, very exceptional young man. And so, <clears throat> um, so we took advantage of that being the law and said, you know, we, we, we want to do this on, uh, on our own. And, you know, there is a right, Josh has a right to, to, to appeal these exclusions and suspensions on his own if he has actually, with, with the phrase in law is called withdrawn from parental control. If he actually has, he has a right to do that. So, you know, where the school board went wrong is they said, well, <clears throat> he hasn't withdrawn from parental control, right? And, you know, in, the, in reality, they knew darn well he had, okay? They just refused to accept it because they knew that if they took this position, they would be able to delay us, Okay and maybe cause us to go away, right? This was a barrier. And sometimes barriers work. Sometimes you lack the resources or the strength or the determination or the patience to get over them. That's all this ever was. And they knew that. Um, they really had no chance of winning on this, right? Because, because Josh had, in fact, withdrawn from parental control. So that means in law he has. And so the, the, we, had to, we had to go off to court. There was no other way to get around this. Uh, where, where, where I knew if the law was followed, which of course often these days judges are not following the law in these sort of politically sensitive cases. Um, in this case, they did, and I thank God for that. Um, I knew that if the courts followed the law on this, we we would win. So all this was was just a great big waste of time and money. And and I think you know, being being candid, I think that was the school board's intention. I see this all the time in litigation, right? I mean, I'm usually representing the little guys. That's what I that's what I do as as a litigator. I do it on purpose, right? So whether it's a High school student, a university student who's getting kicked out, um, somebody who's lost their job, <clears throat> you know, but they, you know, they only make 80 grand a year. It's not like it's a really high paying job. And, and that's, you know, these, these little people, right? These are the people that, that I try to represent and help out and I try to level the playing field and I try to hold all these great big school boards and government organizations and universities and, and corporations accountable for their unlawful actions. And unfortunately, in the real world, a lot of times these big, powerful bodies can get away with acting unlawfully because they simply have more resources and they just smoke everybody out, right, by these types of tactics, right? They, they delay, they set up barriers, they know they're going to lose if, if the other side has resources to pursue it, but they just hope the other side won't. And often enough, that, that hope is realized. And so the great thing about this story is that, you know, we, 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 we stuck it out, we, we put in the resources, and we got past their barrier, and you know now they now they have to hear the appeals. They can't. They they, you know, they, they go ahead, James. People just don't realize the the tactics around the tactics, right? You know, when we see high profile legal cases on either side, people generally go, "Oh, I see what they're doing. They're lawyering up so that you know you, you really can't get a healthy decision made because you're just going to drown them in paperwork." You know, we 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 see that you know when we're watching. Uh, you know, crime mysteries on television or, 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 or legal movies where, you know, you know, we're going to lawyer up and we're going to bury you. You're not going to be able to survive. But, you know, what you've just said is absolutely clear that it's, it, it's, it's clear that it's happening in real time for this case. Um, you know, Matthew Halleck's behind the scenes right now producing our podcast, and, and I want to give Matthew credit for this insight. As he was listening to you, Matthew said, isn't it such irony 
that the school is not letting Josh represent himself and defend himself, but at the same time, these same school boards in the last week have come out. This goes to what I was mentioning earlier, trying to say that kids can uh, transition their entire sex without their parents' involvement or even knowing. But when it comes to Josh, a a 16-year-old who is saying, no, I'm, I'm acting on my own volition, they they do this smoke out procedure. You know, we're gonna we're gonna release this into the room and hopefully you can't hold your breath long enough or you can't find the exit and you've just gotta go away. And the it it just shows that it's tactic. It, you know, to your point, it's not even a it's not even a philosophical or an ideological um, position that they themselves could consistently hold. Now that these now that these same school boards and teachers unions are all coming out saying such ridiculous things about kids being able to act so autonomously. So it it is great. I'm so glad you pushed through and that we were able to, you know, we we were able to get through to get through the room uh safely, you know, we're crawling on our hands and knees, you're dealing tactfully, we're finding an escape hatch an escape room, um, which leads us to the next part of the story. James, we get a little bit of money back, and, and that, is a, that is a blessing. Um, is, that a, is it a one-for-one one victory, or was, was that a victory in and of itself? Is that something you had to apply for, you had to uh, go to court over, or is that just a, is that just a, a trigger reaction from the first decision? So that happens as a matter of course. <clears throat> it has to, right? Like I said, if you if you go to court and you win, you're entitled to, you know, a certain amount of, of dollars uh, that's supposed to represent what you what you spend or, or a portion of what you spend in order to go to court, right? It's to it's to um, somewhat indemnify the party who had to go to court and won, and it's somewhat to punish the other side who, you know probably could have avoided this by just admitting that they were likely to lose. The law wasn't on their side. And, you know, the fact that they put up this position necessitated this court action that probably didn't actually need to happen. Right. Sometimes, sometimes cases are hotly contested. The, you know, the law is undeveloped or it's, or it's, or it's unclear or it's, you know, it could go either way. That happens quite a bit, but it, this was definitely a situation where, you know, the only way we could lose is if the judge didn't follow the law for political reasons, which happens often, of course. But uh, that's the only way we could lose this, right? So it's the type of situation where, the, where, where you know, the school board forced us to waste money, and they, they, and they never should have. And it was, it was a tactic for tactics' sake, not because they actually had a legitimate chance in law of winning this. And um, so that just happens automatically. It happened automatically in, in this case. I don't have to apply for it or anything like that. Um, and that's, and that's a good thing, right? It's also a risky thing. Of course, if you, if you're, if you're like us and you're trying to enforce, you know, what has historically been the law in Canada and the judges decide they don't want to for political reasons, um, and they rule against us, well, then we can be stuck paying thousands of dollars of cost to these, these, you know, uh, these government bodies and, and school boards and universities and stuff that we're up against. And, and that's, that's a risk I don't like. And it's a risk that's really tough for, people like us who, you know, struggle with resources and are just, are just the little people and, and can't, you know, can't just draw on, on some, 
you know, huge fund that comes from taxpayer dollars or profits or what have you. Um, but it's, it's just the nature of it. And in this case, it, it worked out well. Um, you know, that $5,000 covers a good portion of what we spent to bring this case. Now that $5,000 covers a good portion of bringing this element of the case, correct? Because we've been, yeah. we've been spending a lot more money um, representing Josh now for these broader issues, these broader appeals that we've been preparing for. So mm -hmm. this, this is like, um, this is like going to the restaurant and we budgeted for X amount of dollars to eat at the restaurant and halfway through the meal, the, the wait staff just came out and said, Hey, by the way, you know, uh, there's a compulsory, uh, favorite dessert that you have to order and it's, and it's on top of your bill. Um, so th this was a, this was an obstacle placed on top of us outside of our legal budget. Yeah. So kind of walk through people uh, a little bit about, you know, how, how expensive has it been for Liberty Coalition Canada to simply represent Josh so far, um, and preparing for these next appeals, despite this $5,000 that will come in and out. And we're grateful for that. It's going to keep you fighting because we've already spent it and now we're getting it back. That's great. But I'm thinking we're in the area of $40,000, um, uh, of expenses for Josh. And we are, we are foreseeing, um, some, some, some more money absolutely needed for this case. And I know this is something, um, everybody, I know that there's donor fatigue out there. I know we get exhausted talking about donations, especially over the summer when everything seemed fine. You know, now, of course, every medical health officer um, is out there masked up and, and telling people that they've got these fall plans coming. And it seems like Canada is just uh, I, going right back into some type of strange existence. Uh, we're not sure if it's going to go as far as mandates and lockdowns, but so I... I you know, for many people, the summer was a break and we've been talking about funding these cases all summer and I know people can have donor fatigue and then they think things are fine and then we get into the fall and kids return back to school and all of a sudden these issues start coming up again where uh, basically any type of traditional uh, biological Christian view of the world is, is um, at all levels of schooling being rejected and literally kids are getting kicked out. So you and I have known, we've followed this and prepared for it all summer, asking people to stay with us. Now that we're back in the heat of it and, and maybe people are thinking, oh, um, what, what needs to happen? Where are we going next? And um, just kind of lay, lay out for people kind of some of the, you know, this has been a pretty significant case for us. Hmm. <sighs> I think we spent upwards of thirty thousand on this so far. It's taken a lot of work. Of course, we did a we did a human rights complaint. We put a significant amount of effort into that, and, and of course, people can see that if they're interested. Um, you can go on the Liberty Coalition Canada website, Josh Alexander's page, and you can see the human rights complaint we put in. Um, there's a lot of detail there. Which has the not been decided upon. No. Yeah. Well, so again, it's one of these things, folks, where we do an incredible amount of work ahead of time, and that costs us ahead of time. And then we sit there and wait uh, for uh, whomever. And again, sometimes it's gonna you're gonna get involved in delay tactics. Sometimes it's just the backup of the court system. 
but we've been we we haven't received um, a decision on that one, correct, James? It hasn't even it hasn't even got through the queue at the at the Ontario Human Rights Tribunal. So when you file a complaint, you typically wait six, nine, twelve months just to get through the queue, and then finally the commission will acknowledge it and stamp it and require that the respondent respond. So you can think about that, right? If you're discriminated against, well, what if that discrimination is holding up your, your, your getting on with your life? Well, good luck having the Human Rights Commission help you, right? It's 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 too bogged down, you know? And I mean, I could, there's all kinds of reasons why that is, but I mean, I, <laughs> that's a whole other conversation. But this is part of the trouble, right, with, with, with this type of thing. Because, you know, people want to donate to things that are quick and exciting and Shazam, this is happening and it's happening now and it's going to change everything now. And it's sometimes hard to get behind the slow grinding work of changing a nation or of changing hearts and minds about a particular idea or policy, right? My, my favorite example is not the only one. My favorite one is, is Wilberforce, right? And the long, slow, tedious, discouraging fight against slavery in Britain. Right. It wasn't years. It was decades. Right. And I, I, I understand that. And I am signing up for decades to, to do what I do. Um, this is not something I'm just coming in for a couple of years to, to become famous and make some money and have some fun. This I'm aware of the fact that if change is going to happen in Canada um, and, you know, maybe I'm a little bit pessimistic. Some people might be more optimistic than me. But if change is going to happen, it's going to take a long, long, long time. And it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to ha- not going to happen tomorrow. It's not going to happen quickly. We're going to have a lot of losses before we probably have a lot of victories. I'm aware of that and I get that. But I understand that then people struggle to be like, to stay motivated and excited about that and to, and to say, I'm going to donate long term to this thing, even if it appears like the tyranny has slacked off a little bit, right? And, and, and that's the thing. That's, 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 that's what the tyrants are always hoping for. Uh, you know whether they're tyrants by intention or just by result, they're 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 hoping and waiting for that moment where the freedom fighters lose their vigilance, right? And um, that's what we can't do because that's 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 the moment we're in trouble again, right? And so that's that's where we're at with a lot of these legal cases. It's it's two, three, four, five years, and and I'm aware of that, and I understand that, um, and I would encourage people to try to wrap their mind around that that this is a this is a long term game with trying to um, uphold rights and hold the line uh, against tyranny and bring back freedom. And, um, <clears throat> you know, you, you, you can't do it without a lot of sacrifice and a lot of vigilance and a lot of resources. Um, the forces of tyranny are powerful and the forces of freedom have to, have to be serious about, about fighting back and they have to have a long-term game and they have to recognize that the legal battle is part of the picture and that sometimes it's not even about the legal arguments per se. It's about the fact that you're putting up a fight at all. Right. I mean, I mean, it, you know, these cases have to happen. What if they don't happen at all because there isn't the resources there? Well, of course the law is going to shift in, in favor of the other side if we don't even put up a fight. And, and the reality of it is you and I have talked about this two weeks ago on the phone. You know, there's lots of cases where some of these fights are being had by people who can afford to go out and hire a guy like you and do it privately. But in reality here, we are, we are defending individuals who come to us and say, this is what's happening. And I don't think I have enough to be able to, to, to go the distance here. I need 
help. And that's really where you, our, 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 our donors come in. Um, look, at, let me just, we're, we're going to talk about funds here just for one more second, and then we'll, we're going to move on to where is the case going with, with, um, with young Josh Alexander. But everybody, we know that right now Liberty Coalition Canada isn't a charity. We know that you give this type, this type of money and you're not getting a charitable receipt for that. At the beginning, um, we chose that strategy partly because of how aggressive um, the liberal government and how uh, clear they were in their platform uh, was to deny and uh, shut down pro-life charities uh, and um, to be an obstacle uh, to individuals like that, and so we just thought we're never gonna, we're never gonna be able to start that process. Well, we are starting the application now, but again, it, 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 there's this major backlog in applying, and so folks, um, number one, we don't even think we're gonna get charitable status in in the sense of uh, there's a whole lot of reasons why uh, the government would say no. We we just don't. We just don't think uh, uh, you, you meet our our our, our goals, uh, but we I want everybody to know we're being faithful to at least try again. But that takes lawyers, it takes money, and it takes an application, and it takes time. So it's not like we are just being frivolous, everybody. We thank you so much for your donations. We know that uh, being charitable will, would be helpful. Uh, especially for churches uh, to be able to to give to a charitable organization. But right now, this is just where we're at, and we've got these important cases. So we would really love to raise another $20,000, maybe $30,000 uh, to get us going with the further work that we have with young Josh Alexander. Uh, James, why don't you share for people the details of where we are going? So we have the human rights uh, you, have the, you have the human rights claim that's already done. We've already helped Josh declare his independence from his family, which was, again, just a just a delay tactic. Where are we going now in order to fight this school board who has treated uh, Josh so ridiculously? Again, remember, everybody, this all started because Josh noticed a number of girls not comfortable with going into their own bathroom stood up as a young uh, uh, man with chivalry, uh, stood up with a young man who wanted to just uh, uh, defend these young girls. At the same time, a Christian boy who understands how God has created this world and said some very simple statements in math class that shocked the world simply because he had the courage to say it. And, and, and folks... That's a real lesson for all of us. We are in absurdo world. You want to call it absurdo world. You want to call it alt world. You want to call it um, upside down world. You are living in a time where Sodom and Gomorrah will likely do better on the day of judgment than, than our nation will right now because of the insanity. And it's not insanity. It's actually a problem of the heart. But insanity to just be such bold-faced liars about so many things like a boy can become a girl or a girl can become a boy. As, as you would have never thought we'd even have this conversation 30 years ago. Well, we're having it. And Josh just had the courage to look the whole system in the face and go, God created the male and female. 
in his image, he created them. Uh, what's, why can't these young women go to the bathroom without being fearful of a boy walking in? So James, where are we going now with the case? Well, so there's two aspects. There always was two aspects. Um, this whole thing with the parental control motion, to the superior court of Ontario was just sort of this delay thing. So one, we are appealing the exclusions and suspensions. Like I said, he was excluded and suspended from his school. And what, what, by, by the way, what I mean by excluded is physically segregated out of the school. Okay. So an exclusion is you're not suspended. You're allowed to like, be, you know, receive an education to be taught. But when you're excluded, that means you, you can't do it with your peers. You can't do it in the classroom. You have to do it in some other uh, physically segregated location. Right? It's like, it's like Josh had the coronavirus and he's so deathly fatal to everybody he could come into contact with that as a, that him having the, he had to stay at home. Oh, wait a minute. They didn't do that for anybody else. Okay. Sorry. I, it, it's people, have, it's, it's, it, they're treating him like he's like, he's got the plague. They're treating him like he's got, uh, Actually, they don't even treat people who would have STDs or things like that. They're they're treating him as so unclean. It, it it's a it's a biblical category of evil that they are treating him like like he has leprosy, and they wouldn't even treat people with leprosy like that. Yeah, yeah, we have we have historical precedents for this, right? And 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 I don't say this to be dramatic. Uh, right, but but we, we 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 can look at the Jews and the blacks and how they were treated in the early 20th century. Right, the physical segregation. Right, they were unclean. They were second class. They had to be removed from the privileged class or from the rest of society. Right, and um, obviously grave evils resulted from that more with the Jews than than the blacks. Um, but but it was it was that those those were evil. And of course now you know in hindsight it's like oh well we, we recognize how evil that is. It's obviously it's evil. It's evil. And this is very very different, Mr. Kitchen. You shouldn't be comparing the two. I, I, I do in the sense that the whole purpose of the discrimination or the anti discrimination laws that we have, the Human Rights Acts. Okay, the whole idea is everybody's treated equally, regardless of race and religion. So that would be the Jews, right? Uh, race and skin color or ethnicity, that'd be the blacks. Religion, um, so, you know, the, the Jehovah's Witnesses, if you want to look back in Canadian history in, in Quebec, you'll see some very interesting things that led to the development of the human rights legislation we have with the Jehovah's um, and how they were treated. And, um, I mean, sure, Jehovah's have terrible theology, but they're still human beings made in God's image and they should still be treated equally in a society that, that says everybody's treated um you know, everybody has freedom equally. Everybody's treated equally under the law. Um, you know, so ev everybody has the same basic rights, you know, education, uh, to not be fired, uh, whatever, right? Um, so James, can I jump in there? I, I know you're in the middle of a thought, but did, you, did everybody hear James just say they have terrible theology, but they should be treated fine? Like, so again, remember the rule of law allows all of us to a very great extent to have individual freedom while disagreeing upon a number of ideas. And I say that simply because religion, we've gone over this before, but religious freedom is limited 
when it bumps up against criminal behavior in in the code. So, so that is how J that is how James can use the word terrible. Like if he were sitting down with a person who was Jehovah's Witness here, who was a who was a, a Muslim here, um, who um, was a Buddhist there, and as Christian men, we can take our scriptures. As philosophical men, we can take our scriptures and and talk uh, more broadly uh, with these individuals. Appeal to to uh, to some to some broader ideas, and we can use the word like terrible. We we can say um, we we can say to a Jehovah's Witness like the authority by which you have that opinion. I can show you how how historically and theologically terrible that is. But if that person holds that belief and then goes to a job but acts with honesty and integrity and does their work and doesn't steal and, and doesn't beat up people or – so, so, so there is a time where the law will limit religious freedoms and we – that's a whole other discussion about like, well, how do we come up with a criminal code because that's changing right now too. But do you, do you hear that? Like that's very normal. What James just said is I, I can have a vehement disagreement, even a passionate. Me as a guy, James Kitchen, who will use the word terrible in a sentence, I can say that. And at the same time, we can go and work beside each other under, uh, under a, a rule of law that limits us from being criminally um, uh, offensive to one another or criminally um, – uh, criminal against each other. So I just I just wanted to point that out James. I know you were mid-sentence. I'm sorry to interrupt, but like that's that's the type of society we have to continue to get to where we can have honest disagreements, but we go back to the rule of law and we're and we're very careful with it, which is not happening in this situation with Josh and didn't happen in the past when it came down to these different different race uh, type race baiting and those types of things that were going. Go ahead, James. Right. So, so Josh. I don't know Josh if that was, was helpful or you're grinning because I just was completely unhelpful. But explain your no, grin as you move on. My That's why I'm smiling at the fact that you've made it more difficult for me. <laughs> um. So, so Josh is physically segregated. He's he's physically excluded, right? Um, again, similar to you know how how the blacks were in the '40s and '50s and '60s that led to the civil rights movement, right? Um, same same idea. And of course, everybody's everybody's going to freak out and think it's awful that I'm saying that. But they might agree with me 30 years from now when they look back at history and say, "Oh yeah, history repeated itself, right? It was the blacks, it was the Jews, it was the Jehovahs, and now it's the Christians, right? It's it's it, it, it's the same thing. And this is why you need principles and the rule of law." And, and, and not mere desire for power and desire for acceptance guiding what guiding your actions, right? Look at the actions of the Renfrew Catholic District School Board, right? There's no principles. Uh, there's no um, integrity. There's no deep-seated values and beliefs, um, you know, good, healthy values and beliefs that are guiding their actions. It's simply, how can we please the right people, the right mob? How can we please the government? Um, how can we re remain in control? How can we have lots of, of power and funding and, and everything? We, how can we have the right image? Um, those are the things they're concerned about, right? Which is exactly why they act like hypocrites. And they say, okay, you know, 13-year-olds 
can uh, transition at school without telling their parents and then go off and get their breasts swapped off. And, and that's totally cool. It's okay. They don't need to withdraw from parental control. And meanwhile, we have this, this uh, young man, Josh Alexander, he's 16 and he actually has factually withdrawn from parental control. You can tell by the way he runs his own life. And they say, no, 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 no. Right. They just say whatever they want to, to suit their needs, whatever's convenient. Right. This is what unprincipled people do. Right. We know this. I mean, we all know this. We all know people in our lives, I would expect, unless, unless we got a really great bunch of friends. We all know people who, who tend to be unprincipled um, and are guided by nothing more than their d- desires and, and, you know, just whatever they want in the moment. Right. And that's how these these powerful, important bodies act. And, and the fact that they're powerful and they're wealthy, you know, it sort of encourages them to act in that sort of arbitrary way. And, you know, this is why we have to hold them accountable and remind them that, you know, no, there, we do have principles that this nation is founded on politically and legally. We, we do have the rule of law. We're supposed to. Uh, part of that is, you know, equality under the law. It's non-discrimination. Right. It's it's we don't physically exclude people just because they hold beliefs that we don't like, just like we don't exclude them because they have a skin color we don't like. We don't exclude them um, because, um, you know, whatever. Pick your pick your thing. Right. Um, some you know, these these days it's, it's vaccine status, which unfortunately is not a protected ground in the Human Rights Act. But it's, it's the same idea. Right. It's the same harm to real harm, actual harm to human dignity. Right. And so that's what we're fighting against with this human rights complaint and and with the exclusion and the segregation. It's the same thing. What we're saying is that, look, Josh has a right to be treated as an equal student, even though he holds beliefs that a bunch of other people disapprove of. Right. It would be no different than if he had um, a skin color or an ethnicity or or even the fact that he's that he's male. Right. Um, you know, we, we don't exclude people based on these reasons. We've figured out in society that that's a bad idea and it leads to all kinds of nightmarish things. And so that's what ultimately, that's, that, that's the, that's the legal and the political underpinnings to these, these cases, right? If you can, if you can kick a kid out of school simply because he says, you know, yes, it's common sense and that, that that's worth something, but simply because he says something peaceful about his religious beliefs that happens to offend other people, right? We're, we're, we're going down a path that the, the, the end is not something we're going to want to live in. Now, if you're some, I don't know, crazy, tyrannical socialist, maybe you like that end point. But if you're a decent person who has at all a healthy view of the world and knows anything about history, you know that's a world you don't want to live in. That's a no, You know that's a world you don't want to raise your children in, right? Well, it's, it's the world that we were laughing at at the beginning where people are actually having to live in that reality that those kids are talking about. I want to go and I want all of my words to be policed by HR. Words like peanut gallery or ugly guy or it, 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 like um, – we sit back and we laugh because we go, I can't imagine what it would be like that. But if you're a public school teacher, that's your everyday life. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That, um, that's your everyday life, you know. Um, and it's serious. So, we have to understand how serious this is. Lives, lives are destroyed over this stuff, right? Teachers lose their jobs and their careers, okay? And, and that's not insignificant. Right. Imagine the harm to them as a person. Right. But also imagine the harm to their family, the loss of the income, um, the loss of the of the of the of the meaning and the purpose in the career. 
Um, you know, now they have to go off and do something totally different for a dramatically less income. And, and, and you can think more broadly about what does that mean, right? If we, if we, if we um, kick out all the Christians from, from anything in which they have some sort of influence and can make some sort of income, well, we've, we've effectively defeated them because now they're relegated to the fringes of society, right? They, they don't have any financial resources and they don't have any influence in, 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 in society. So great, we've gotten rid of them, right? And, you know, that's that I think I don't think that's that's the that's the conscious goal of most people, but that's what they're contributing to because they don't think about it. And, and I think it is the conscious goal of, you know, like the proto liberals, for example. Right. Because the, the, the Christian community is one of their one of their greatest opponents. Right. To them to them arriving at this tyrannical utopia they want where they can they control everything and they've remade the world in their image. Um, so it's, it's it's a big deal. Right. I mean, I, I mean, I've got I've got university students. Right. They're in the middle of their 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 graduate program or their professional program and they're kicked out. Right. They've, they've sacrificed years, tens of thousands of dollars on tuition. And if they can't finish, you know, what else are they going to do? It's not like it's not like they can just go you know, find some other well-paying job to pay off their, their their loans. This is what they were training to do. Right. And and now, you know, we've excluded Christians from that healthcare field, for example. I have a lot of healthcare clients. Um you know, or, or, or even, you know, school board trustees themselves, right? We've had lots of stories about this in the last five years, right? They're democratically elected, okay? And so they, 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 they say what they think uh, represents their constituents, and then the other democratically elected trustees and come in and say, nope, we're going to exclude you, we're going to penalize you, we're going to kick you out, we're not going to let you be involved um, because we disagree with what you said, right? Think about how anti-democratic that is. Right. Think about how they think about all the censorship and the silencing involved in that. Right. I, I that's 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 something I deal with as, as a lawyer as well. All these all these consequences are a big deal. And I, the reason I say all this is, you know, I'm trying to help people understand it is a big deal when just one kid is kicked out of school. Right. Because of the implications. And it cuts both ways. Right. This one kid has stood up and he's made a massive difference. Right. In the last year, we've seen this huge rise in the parental rights freedom movement to protect kids and to bring back parental rights and to advocate for, for, for insanity and to advocate for equality under the law for those who are not part of the woke um, LGBT mob. And, um, you know, Josh Alexander has been a part of that. That's That's been ongoing for like 10 years. People like me and you and Matt Walsh, for example, have been fighting for this for 10 years. But only in the last years, it really took an off, Right. And people besides Christians now are involved. The Muslims and, and, and a lot of the a lot of the non-religious people are like, hey, yeah, you know, this is a really a problem for equality under the law and freedom and decency and protecting children. Which, as a society, if you can't protect children, then my God, you you've completely lost your moral uh, uh, compass. And um, you know, I had Michael Higgins at the National Post ask me, do you think do you think Josh has played a significant role in in in, in all the things that have happened in the last year? And I said, yes, he has. Right. Just one kid stands up. We get we get we get the lawyer to stand beside him. We get we get the people to to help out to pay for that lawyer because he can't. Right. And, you know, we we can have a massive impact. It is possible. Right. And it's also it goes the other way. If we let all this go, it's going to have a massive negative impact too. the, the stakes are actually really high in the long term. And this goes back to my point about the long game. Right. The stakes are high. And we need to see it see it out in the long term and know that in the long term, we really are looking at tyranny, okay, if we give up. Or we may very well be actually looking at um, much more freedom down the road if we, if we can play this long game and stick it out.
I'll start with the positive where just the, you know, you said the cut, the knife cuts both ways. Um, you know, Josh's work, our work, Liberty Coalition Canada, the, the behind the scenes apparatus of influence, one person motivates another person, motivates another person. You saw three different um, education ministers make state, three provincial uh, education ministers make statements on behalf of the family it started with the, it started with the one I, I, it, it, it started with uh, with one minister of education in one province being willing to 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 step out and and again like Josh just say this is how it's gonna be and let the whole mudslinging fury of the left uh, go at them and then Oh, one did it. Okay, I can do it. Oh, I, I, I can do it. You know, James, let me talk about the other way. So I tweeted out this morning after, after taking some screenshots of two different teachers' unions um, saying we, we, we unequivocally stand with the LGBTQ plus community um, it said kids and community. So, so they're saying they're not just standing up for the odd kid in, in the school system. They're standing up for the whole community. Um, you have to remember in the context in which they're making that statement, they're making that statement in opposing Doug Ford um, and some of the recent Ontario decisions for parental rights, for parental information. So in the context of parents saying, wait a minute, we should be the guardians of our children and we should guide our children through any type of gender dysphoria or gender confusion that they might have. And we certainly don't want you, the teacher, to be throwing ideas in their face. Just like on the Red Balloon commercial, the kids are all talking about that and they get to one point and the kid goes, what's a pronoun? Um, there's... You know, uh, Jordan Peterson tweeted out this morning uh, very wisely, and sometimes Peterson just says it the way it is. You know, yeah. kids are being introduced to all kinds of ideas that they were just not being introduced by by um, uh, by devious bad actors who are adults. So kids are being groomed. So all of a sudden, this whole pronoun thing—you and I didn't even. You and I probably were struggling with grade 12 grammar just to get actual pronoun usage. Is it a demonstrative pronoun? Is it a near pronoun? Is it a far pronoun? To actually get grammatical usages of pronouns appropriate. Now you've got children in all levels of education being introduced to this idea. So it's creating a problem that just is virtually non-existent. So teachers are saying, not only do we, or families are saying, not only do we want to guide any child who might be going through that, we certainly don't want the schools to be pushing this radical ideology onto children, which, of course, the schools are. So it's in that context that the school is standing up and saying, you know what, we are absolutely unequivocally standing for this radical sex cult that we are promoting in schools by our teachers to groom children away from their parents in secret. That's the, that is the level of determination. That's the context. And then James, so I tweeted out this morning, I, I tweeted out homeschool your children, period. 
Um, public schooling is dead. And then I made another comment. And I thought, oh, I don't know if I should, I don't know if I should tweet that because then a government that is, that is so um, one-sided to promote this ideology and then so much in bed for the money, like there, there, there's so much money involved in public education for teachers, for principals, for uh, for board trustees, for politicians who get up and say, we need more and more education, bigger, bigger, more money. Everybody, everybody's got their, everybody's got their hand in the pot. Every it's such a moneymaker. I said, oh man, if I tell people to homeschool their kids, because basically this would be over tomorrow. If every Canadian woke up yesterday and tomorrow and said, yeah, I'm changing my philosophy. I'm going to homeschool my kids. I'm not sending them to the government. I'm and, and the government's going, wait, we have all these schools that are empty. Yeah, and then and then everyone said, well, well I'm not going to vote for a government that wants to promote public education. If, if the people change their mind, all of this goes away so easily. But the people haven't changed their mind yet. And so there's a great amount of money attached to this. And I thought, oh, geez, if we're helping people change their mind, what if the government just makes homeschooling illegal in Ontario the way that they made homeschooling illegal in Germany? Oh, Maybe I shouldn't tweet this. Maybe my maybe my thought that's helped to so, so you understand how easy it starts with Josh, he's one student excluded, could lead to, you know, every teacher has to sign a an EDI or DEI um uh you know affirmation every single time they come back to teach, excluding any teacher that would disagree with it. That's that's one thing they could do. Or, you know what, and by the way, our schools aren't filled anymore because parents are actually wise to our game. Well, the government, we're all on this. We're all the one-sided. We'll just make it illegal. Like, this is where it goes. And that's how that's how quick it goes, how easy it goes. We actually have states like Germany that have outlawed, like, police show up to your house if you don't send your kid to the state school. That's how quickly this goes the other way. Yeah. I know, and it still baffles me that people, that people our age, like adults, you know, non-mentally handicapped adults, struggle to figure that out. And I, and I know that sounds mean, but I'm just, I'm, you know, it's like, at some point, you have to stop being stupid, or, or, or you're going to pay the price, you know, uh, or someone you love is going to pay the price because you were lazy and stupid and didn't care to understand history or politics or government or what you were voting for or how judges are elected, or how laws are passed. Um, you it, you, it you truly, can pay for it, it with your life. I mean, that's, I mean, you know, the Venezuelans have paid for it with their life. The Germans paid for it with their life. I mean, we, we, we will pay for it with our lives or the lives of our children if we don't get a handle on this, right? I understand, you know, it's nice to just go to work and come home and watch Netflix and then go to the, go to the cabin and, and, and not worry about it. And leave, and leave somebody like you and I to worry about it. You do that at your own peril, right? I mean, you could get away with doing that in the 50s and 60s, I suppose. Um, you know, I guess now now all the grandkids of those people are paying the price. But you can't, get, you can't get away with it for very long, right? Tyranny is like sin. It's always at the door. It's ready to pounce, right? You have to be ever vigilant, to be righteous, and to be free, you know? It, and, it, and, it, and it operates 
on a human level, on a vertical level, it's just so easy to see that once I build something, I want it to grow. Once I've grown something, I want it to um, solidify. I, I, I want it to, once I've solidified it, I want to protect it and I want it to then generate like a, a very serious uh, security blanket for me. Um, it's just so natural for politicians to want to grow government. Like, I wish we could hire politicians who were only allowed to stay in office for like one year and and didn't receive any money and they did it as a service, which would demotivate this entire idea of growing government. But that's not the way things are set. And it means that we who are thinking about it have to do something about it. So look, everybody... Uh, this is not James and me scolding you. You are uh, an active listener. You are an active supporter. You are growing in the way that you think of these things. James, just to encourage your heart, I have heard so many stories over the summer of Christians just telling me behind the scenes what they're doing, how they're getting involved, how they're not letting their local, had a family just tell me about their getting involved with the local uh, library board. Um, people, oh. are, people are listening, sometimes to the point where I, I've been going, wow, this is really exciting. I I got to figure out what we're, what Sarah and I are going to do locally this fall uh, because uh, we, I'm hearing some such great stories on the ground. Um, but everybody, now you've heard again why we're doing what we're doing. You've heard it from James again. Please, let's, um, let's, let's really get involved. Let's keep going. James, I know you're involved as a constitutional lawyer because – the Constitution is there to defend people against the, this this government tyranny. It's not really so much for the individual against the individual. It's really a document shaped to guide everybody and in, including restraining the government. So let's keep going, everybody. Um, you, if We need to help Josh. Um, and Josh's family is not through the woods as, as an entire family. And uh, they're... Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on there. So uh, we just want you to know that we're here to support you as Christians, to help you think through this, to help you then activate and also to support you, defend you when you stand. James, thanks for coming on again. This has been uh, another delightful update. Hopefully we'll have another update in a month and you and I will talk in about four weeks from now. Everybody else, thanks for listening and Godspeed. <laughs>